Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. Happy 2017, everybody. Uh, joining me today, I have two special guests or co-hosts. We have uh, Jedi Knight and co-host of the show, Paul Vieira. What's happening, Paul? Not much. How are you, Jeremy? Yeah, fair, fair. It's a it's a new year, so I'm hoping things get better. And we Got also it. have yeah, we also have writer, actor, and director Andrea Kyle Peterson joining us today. How you doing, Andrea? Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on the show again. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know it's a little bit later in your neck of the woods, so thank you for it doing is. it. It is. What the heck? A whole hour. You guys are keeping me up from bedtime. My beauty sleep. Well, I, I hear in Utah. Well, yeah, but what? He, 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 Paul's in Texas. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, <laughs> Paul's in Texas. He's the one with the beauty sleep. Yeah. He needs I it more it. than anybody else, though. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, guys, it's a new year. Um, we had a really rough uh, year last year for celebrity passing away. Um, right at the end of the year, as the new Star Wars movie premiered, we lost uh, Carrie Fisher. Which for Here. anybody, yeah, anybody our age, my age especially, Carrie Fisher uh, as Princess Leia was an integral part of uh, your life, I think. So I kind of wanted to take tonight for us to talk about Princess Leia in particular and Carrie Fisher in particular. You know, both is how they intermingle, but also as independent characters from each other. So, um, Paul, let me, I'm going to start by asking you a question, then Andrea will, will pass it to you. But, Paul, what, what do you typifies Princess Leia as a character? What do I what? Typify? Yeah, I mean, what what is Princess Leia to you as a character? Oh, man. So, I was four years old, because I, I saw Return of the Jedi first when I was, like, four. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, so, to me, she's, like, the first, like, female, like, badass character, like, strong female character I saw like so to me when I was a kid it was her and then Ripley from Aliens. That's what I remember vividly. It was like a female character that wasn't just, you know, uh, you know, an arm candy for some guy or just a you know, background setting. Right. So to me Princess Leia is the epitome growing up of what of a strong woman. Like and that's always what I've thought of her. I mean she was and, of course, growing up, being a huge Star Wars nerd kid, she was the first crush. Like, I was in love with Princess Leia. Like, everyone should be, every woman, every girl should grow up to be like Princess Leia. And that was <laughs> what I thought about, when, you know, in the 80s growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Andrea, so what what does Princess Leia mean to you, or how would you typify that character? Well, Princess Leia means a lot, definitely being a female geek. But I'm not going to lie, and for your you are not your viewers since we're on a podcast, but your listeners. I've got crazy long brown hair and pretty much have that my entire life. And growing up between Rapunzel, Pippi Longstocking, and Princess Leia, all I can remember is the Cinnabon hair, um, which is really interesting because I listened to an interview with Carrie Fisher the other day that was like an older interview that Terry Gross did from NPR. And they were like, and she was asking Carrie Fisher about the hair and was like, how did you come up with this? And Carrie was like, well, I literally tried on several different hairstyles, prayed them in front of the director, and this is the one they went with. And she, and she used to laugh about it because she's like, why would they give a person with a wide face giant yeah. earmuffs for a hair? <laughs> um, which is funny because it is. It's an iconic look. And, um, and, you know, having acted before, like, you know, I get it. Like the hair, the costume, the makeup, everything that goes into it, um, which is really interesting because I think – you know, she's talking as an actor, but like you mentioned, Paul, like we grew up with, 
she she wasn't Carrie Fisher. She was Leia, and um, she was a strong, ballsy female. And man, I had like some crazy sass growing up, which I didn't get away with my parents, and I definitely had no <laughs> boys falling in love with me because of my back talkingness. Um, but it was kind of one of those things that she made it okay, even though I often got grounded for it. Um, but, yeah, she was um, one badass character for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I'd say, you know, she got sassy with Vader and got thrown in a detention cell and tortured as Princess Leia. So getting grounded for having a sassy mouth, yeah. it seems like you're just playing the role. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as far as, um, you know, eight-year-old Andrea goes, I felt like Darth Vader in a detention being tortured when it was literally just, my closet and my favorite teddy bear was taken away from me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And this is, um, this is our third attempt at doing a live episode. So if you are listening to this live and have something you want to contribute, please feel free to call in at area code 713-955-0714. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt if nobody calls in tonight, but if six months from now nobody's calling in, then I'm going to take it personal. <laughs> they don't need to call in. I mean, we've got enough to talk about. Who needs to hear that? Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you know what? I actually agree. But it's just if somebody does, because like uh, my poor ailing wife in the other room, if she has a reason to call in, you know, then that would work out just fine. Yeah, for She'll me. Yeah, uh, I was four when the original Star Wars came out. So. um you know, I grew up watching Star Trek until then. So for me, the female characters were usually just eye candy. And Princess mm. Leia was the first yep. time the pretty girl was shooting more stormtroopers than the guys. And you go back and you watch uh, the first Star Wars movie, she's handier on a pistol than, than Luke was, you know, by far. Oh, yeah. Big uh, time. Yeah. And then I think I was seven I just or eight always remember... Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to no, say, no, 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 the go white right dress ahead. always drove me... You know, like the dresses, I always wondered about that. You know, nowadays we talk about um, heroines, um, badass heroine chicks in geek movies or whatever, wearing like leather pants and high heels. We went from like long, flowy dresses, which I guarantee you tripped up someone running, to now like high heels and leather pants. And it's like, ah, how are you supposed to move? I guarantee you nobody at the gym is wearing that. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, yeah, they they still dress action chicks to look hot. I mean, there's there's no way around that. That's always going to be a thing for a while, I think. Um, but, you know, for me, uh, Princess Leia kind of, she's always, like you were saying, Paul, because when you first see her, she's the only girl in the galaxy in Star Wars. Then you come all the way up to Return of the Jedi and, of course, the, the metal bikini, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was 10 or 11 when that movie came out. So that that absolutely fits into, oh, that's what a woman looks like. Yeah, Which I grew is, a beard that day, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the day he became a man. Yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because they, they didn't, I mean, yeah, they stuck her in that kind of costume, but they still didn't take her back from being a badass either. But they did kind of make her right a center position. Andrea, as a, as a girl, as a woman, did seeing her in that movie change your, your view of her as a character at all? Um. You know, no, I I don't know. I'm like one of those weird, like, feminist women, female, like, I don't know. Like, it's, I get it. Like, I get, like, you know, a woman, you know, dressing up, being a sex object in, you know, some of these sci-fi movies versus being a badass. Like, the thing is, like, the underlying character of Leia it has always been there, regardless of what she was wearing or what the storyline was. Um, and I, I don't know if this makes me a lazy woman or not. And I, I say that and I hope the listeners don't hate me for this, but, um, it was just, I don't know. Like I get it. Like it's, I, I don't know. I want to be able to uh, be a sexual object as well as being a badass. Like, I mean, there is some, I mean, that's why we put on clothes. That's why men wear suits and women wear, you know, dress up and do their hair and makeup. We do, we like it. Um, so I think I kind of just accepted it as that was that world um, and that was that story being told. Um, and I think I also come from the actor's perspective that um, if if you 
if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it, and that's just the story that you're telling. So I don't, I don't know if that really answered your question or if it made me a terrible if I lost my woman card. I, I, I don't think so. It's, I'm always no, interested to hear, hear, yeah, hear somebody's viewpoint on that. I mean, for me and Paul, it's easy. We're guys. You know, of course yeah. we like that. Yeah. Great stuff. But, you know, then we also have to, um, you know, wrestle with being husbands and fathers and things where, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, all sexualization has to be, you know, limited to some point. Well, you know, and I think it kind of, it goes both ways. I mean, we sit here and talk about sexualization in women, and I know this is slightly off topic, but I mean, Superman, we sexualized him. He's in a freaking leotard. We can see, like, every crevice of his muscles. And granted, it's a little different women looking at men than men looking at women. But it's, you know, you know, Superman and Batman and all those other, like, costumes, they're getting more defined with seeing a, a man's musculars and his buttocks and his calf muscles and his, you know, coiffed hair, you know. So, like, we kind of do it both ways. There's just less dialogue about women appreciating men and their masculinity in these sci-fi movies. Okay, I can see that. That, of course, makes – I don't know. Did you guys ever see the um, the show – oh, what was it called? Ah, it was Jim Jeffries, the comedian, and it was on FXX. And it was Carrie mm. Fisher played a, played a studio boss who sexually harassed the men that worked for her, and you could only get ahead as an actor if you gave her sexual favors. I think <clears throat> not. <laughs> oh, I – But I want to watch it now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great show. Um Oh, I wish I could remember the name of that. Now I can't. Uh, Jim Jeffries. It was my fault for bringing it up without thinking about it, but it just struck me when you were saying that, Andrea. Um, okay. <laughs> but it was yeah. She like sexually harassed the man that worked for her. It was pretty funny, and he wouldn't he wouldn't go through with it once, so his whole career fell apart. Oh really? Oh, I will have yeah. to check it out. It was called Legit. It was from three or four okay. years ago. Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, good I never stuff. Heard of that. Yeah, it's probably why it got canceled. <laughs> That's a shame. Not that people, well, I will check it out on my that. weekend of. Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't. You would assume it would come up. Yeah. That's funny stuff. So, guys, I have to ask then. So, um, you know, last year obviously we had the new Star Wars movie come out, and. Uh, yes. So she only got to be in it a little bit, but how was it after all those years to see the Princess Leia character come back? Now, we'd seen her in novels and in comics, but now we got to see her on the big screen. Paul, how'd you feel about that? I mean, it was, I mean, you know how much I love Force Awakens. So um, just seeing everybody come back, I mean, ask Lucas. He, I cried three times during the movie. He makes fun of me all the time, my son. And uh, it, it was just, it was just, just something about her. I mean, she just, when you see her on screen, you just like, it's just like she's older now and it's kind of like your crazy aunt that you love so much. And I was just so happy to see her on screen. And she just exudes that, like, that strength. You know, she's just like one of the best Star Wars characters of all time. Like one of the best, you know, cinematic characters of all, of all time, in my opinion, you know, like I love Princess Leia, like, she was, she was awesome. It was just amazing to see her again. And it's just, it bums me out to no end that, you know, we're only going to get to see her again one more time. Yeah. yeah I, I, I was, you know what? I loved it. I love seeing her coming back and it was really awesome. Um, my problem was it felt like, it felt like a guest appearance and, um, just like a passing glance. We got to see a little bit of, she was kind of in the story, like, her and Han reconnected, but I, and I just, I guess maybe I felt bummed. I know like Luke, uh, Luke Luke Skywalker wasn't in until the very end, so he had even less of a part. I get that. But I just felt like we saw a lot of, you know, Han Solo and all the other characters. And um, I don't know. I feel like they could have given her more. Like, I, I feel like there could have been a little bit more meat for her such a crucial thread in the story for you know being Kylo's mom and I you know what I mean like so I actually felt like she had stronger parts 
in in the older movies than she did in this newer one. And I almost felt like they kind of just passed over her and we all focused on Ray, which was what it is about. And that was awesome. Um, But I don't know. I I felt like it was a little lopsided in her attention because we know that Luke Skywalker is going to take the next stories onward. um, And she just seems kind of as a side character. Well, now, so we're going to kind of get into spoilery territory here um, and also into heavy heavy conjecture, (laughs) but there have been reports now that her her filming for Episode 8, the unnamed Episode 8 that's coming out next December, her filming for that movie is done, and the rumors are that her position or her role in 8 and 9 are slash were going to be very prominent. Um, Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, as you know, so we know, or we can assume, at least most of what she was supposed to do in eight was handled. They don't have nine written as of yet. Uh, so people are, I mean, the conjecture is fastly flinging around. Um, yeah. So, you know, people after Rogue One are, of course, talking about recasting the role for number nine. Uh, or using Ugh. CGI to do it, um, you know. I think well, they did I, a I pretty badass it, CGI in Rogue One. I was pretty yeah. impressed when she turned around. So, yeah, I actually, my, I had an aunt who took me and my cousin to see Star Wars in the theater back in the old days. Called me the day that she watched Rogue One, because that hmm. was the day that Carrie Fisher passed away. <sighs> no, what a terrible. Ex- and she goes, I was sitting there and the uh, the scene happened and she says, you know, it gave or they gave us hope. And she goes, and there I am going, she was just announced dead four hours ago. And so oh, well, that's called me and she was all, yeah, she's all beat up. And the reason she was calling me is because the cousin that went with me and her to see it had died 20 years ago when we were younger. <gasps> Whoa. So she was all like, I really had nobody to call and nobody to talk to, and I got really sad, so I called you, and I'm like on the phone going, I, I don't want to be sad. <laughs> let's just, uh, let's move on to other things. Yeah. So I was wondering how many other people had that kind of reaction to it, because when I saw it the first time, I think it was even before she had her heart attack, uh, Carrie Fisher had her heart attack. When I saw it the second time, it was uh, after the heart attack, but before she had passed away. Yeah, I saw it before she passed. Yeah. So that was just I kind of a, yeah. yeah, it was kind of a rough timing there. Um, I can tell you, I, I mean, I haven't seen that movie again since she passed away. Seeing Peter Cushing on screen, a man who I knew was 20 or 30 years gone at that point, Kind of filled me with uh, <laughs> spine-tingling terror to see him yeah. on the screen as a major character. Right? That was super, like, creepy realistic, and you're like, wait a second, this should not be real. Yeah, I wonder yeah, how I'm going to feel watching it again. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder about that, which, of course, now people are already talking about the ethics of having an actor who passed away in a role like that. I am sure Industrial Light and Magic, being Industrial Light and Magic, they'll at least float the idea of possibly animating her. But, guys, what do you think? And, you know, whoever wants to chime in first, go ahead. What do you think they should do? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in Part 8, but we know it was originally going to end with an intended role uh, for Leia in Part 9 being bigger. But now that we've lost Carrie Fisher, how do you think they should handle it? Um, I'm going to jump in real fast. Um. I go back and forth on this because it's um, one of those, I don't know, I, when there's like a certain character that's just been like ingrained into your mind and your imagery, I don't necessarily want it to be recast because that's kind of what happened with Dumbledore and Harry Potter. And we all kind of were like, oh my gosh, that is a totally different Dumbledore. And then like it messes with you and you can't just like dangle. Granted, the original Dumbledore died like pretty early in all of the six books, movies, but um with this, um, I it's kind of like if it was animated, we would we, the character would still get to exist, and we've seen multiple characters created like Jar Jar Binks, you know, um, out of CGI, and so 
if it's possible to make it look as realistic as possible, which they seem to be doing an amazing job at, um, I'm okay with it. And I don't see it as like an ethical problem because it's not about the actor. It's about the story. It's about the film. It's about the art. Um, And so I'm actually totally fine with it and maybe might even prefer it. Um, I'd rather, I think, see the same character in such a, since this is such a giant um, group of films and storylines, and either change the story so Princess Leia isn't involved, but I don't know if I'm, I'm not a fan of the recasting to recreate a character that's already been so ingrained in my mind. Okay. How about, how about yeah, you? Yeah, I definitely have to agree. No, I, I'd have to agree. I don't think uh, recasting would fly over very well with anybody. Um, and as far as recreating somebody's CGI, I think as long as the, you know, her family, as long as Billy's cool with it, you know, and, you know, her, her brother's cool with it and her sisters are okay with it, then I'm okay with it. You know, if the people closest to her are okay and considered a tribute, you know, for them to do a CGI like they did, you know, Grant, you know Peter Cushing, then I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, um, I, I just don't know how that's, I'm going to feel seeing that, you know, but in maybe hopefully a year that'll, you know, the, yeah. this kind but of, you know, like, it's one of those, go away. well, it's one of those things with like Peter Cushing when he came on, I didn't see him, you know, I saw the general, you know, so it's kind of like, it's one of those things that we're, we're not necessarily seeing Carrie Fisher, we're seeing Princess Leia. Yeah. Does that make sense? You no, know, it makes it, it totally makes sense. It's just I, I don't know how I'm gonna feel. Like right now, I would be I, I <laughs> don't do it. Like don't do it. Like you should never, ever do that. But uh, a year from now, when the movie comes, or two years from now, when that movie episode nine comes out, um, I might be totally okay with it because I don't want the character of Princess Leia to just fade away. You know, she's so important to to the story. Um, and I, I guess they're supposed to. They're supposed to. I read they have. They're having a meeting next week on what they are going to do, to decide on how they're going to go forward with Princess Leia in the new movie. Like having a yeah. big meeting about it. Well, you, well, I, I can't even remember the dollar amount, but you know, Lucasfilm and Disney had her life insurance out to like fifty or a hundred million dollars just in case. Because, you know, they're gambling pretty heavily on three older actors being around for, you know, six to eight years to get these movies yeah. done. Which, That's you know, true. I mean, you know, yeah, lots of people live to a very old age now, but you know what? A lot of us still die really young, too. So um, it, it is a gamble. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite shows, and Paul, you know about this show, uh, Corner Gas, just yeah. lost, just lost one of the main actresses from the show. But they're actually coming back as an animated show uh, this 2017 or 2018 and went and had uh, Janet Wright's family say okay to using her likeness for the animated series. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about how this kind of works out in two different ways because of that, because of Carrie Fisher yeah. and Janet Wright. Um, I almost wonder in the case of Princess Leia, uh, and granted, we have no idea how part eight ends. You know, maybe there's not yeah, a way to yeah. do this, but maybe, I don't know, do you just let her ride off into the sunset and live out her life on some unseen planet somewhere and come in maybe as a hologram at some point or a couple points to finish out the movie? That way you have a computer generated image, but you don't have to worry about it being a live person on the screen. Yeah, that, that a hologram, oh, that would work. That would make, that would be easier than making a full blown. Mm-hmm. CG character to look like a human. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it. But I just hope they, they do it tastefully, and hopefully it doesn't really mess with the story, you know, and doesn't mess with Princess Leia, her legacy towards the story, and I'll be okay with it. Yeah, and, and look, here's the thing. We've seen what Disney has done with Star Wars. They care about the property. They're not going to just shit on it for the sake of shitting on it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, they're going to do what is right by the series. Not only that, between Marvel and Lucasfilm, those two properties have made them so much money already. They're not going to risk any unnecessary risk for those properties. I think we can just assume that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. 
mean, you look at look at the numbers that the Force Awakens and Rogue One pulled in. They're not gonna they're not gonna do something stupid because it, because of laziness or any other reason. No. Oh no. I, I hope not. I, I so far they're doing right by me. So I just hope they keep it up. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the funny thing. So you know, I saw Force Awakens in the theater like five or six times, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And then when it was released on Blu-ray, or not, I didn't get a Blu-ray. We got the digital download from Amazon. Um, I had not finished it once until after I watched Rogue One. And then after watching oh, Rogue oh, One, I, I, I got home. I started up uh, number four, you know, the original Star Wars A New Hope, and then watched straight through the end of number seven. And then I watched number seven again that weekend. And uh, it's, it's as good a movie as I thought it was. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, well, excellent might be pushing it a little bit, Paul. <laughs> to me, it's excellent. <laughs> to me, it's, it gives me the feels, man. Oh, okay. That's what I want well, from a movie. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that, yeah. Uh, so what do you think, Andrew? Uh, I mean, you were saying that, you know, you were thinking that the uh, computer generator would work. What do you think about leaving her out of the movie? Of the last one. You know, uh, I am kind of having, you know, written um, a web series and a couple independent films and having writing as a background. Um, I feel intention and purpose and motivation is so important. And I feel like that's when, especially in this like world of like sci-fi and fantasy, um, you know, the, the original storylines in the comic books and all those kind of stuff, we're so um, there's so much of a web of story and history and characters that are created with purpose. Um, my only thing is, um, I think I'd rather leave them in. If, if the computer generated version of <laughs> Princess Leia looks legit, then I am totally fine with like keeping her in. Um, actually, might even prefer that. Um, but I just want to make sh- and and if they you know if they throw her in as like a passing moment just as tribute i'm cool with that too i just don't want it to be a throwaway for the sake of like throwing it away like i i just i feel like the story is the most important the characters their motivation their intentions where they came from where they're going um and just because star wars has passed through so many different directors and writers and producers and production companies um i think as long as they um respect the um what was created and like you said disney's done a really decent job with that um i think it's great i I don't know if leaving out is good maybe however they have her exit just needs purpose and not just disappear or not just um be a throwaway storyline um i think that's the most important thing and i think that will be a thing that uh fans will respect if whatever choice they make is is motivated properly from the core storyline that is Star Wars. Okay. Um, okay, so we're going to try to take a call now and see if we don't get Baba buoyed here, but uh, hang on for just a second. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Doing all right. Who do we got here? Not a nigger, 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 That's all right. Bummer. Hey, you know what? It was a hidden number, so I figured it was going to happen. Oh, some people have nothing better to do with their time. They should go watch Star Wars. Yeah. Or, you know, go get on YouTube and watch you again, the web series. Yay! <laughs> there you go. There yeah. you go. Either one of those will do just Much fine. Much better way to spend your time. Yeah. Yes, I concur. <laughs> you know, this this day and age, having nothing better to do than to, you know, bother me, because I certainly have the patience to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. God, so yeah, that's you gotta have a boring life if you're calling me up to to curse on a podcast that only a couple hundred people listen to. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Jeez. Goodness. You, sir, yeah, you, sir, you you really need to reevaluate how you spend your time. I All think right. you need to evaluate. Well, what about, well, Jeremy, jumping back to that question before our um, yeah. random person, what do you think? Are you for um, CGI or against, um, or how do you think, yeah, moving forward, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, when it when it first happened, um, of course, you know, with with Rogue One having just been out, that's where everybody's first thoughts are. Well, I guess you don't even need to be alive to be in a movie anymore, so you just keep rolling. Um, my immediate what do you aversion to dead people starring in movies kicked in. I was kind of thinking, well, maybe you just find a tasteful way to write her out. But eventually, you know, a week or almost a week or a week and a half down the road, my trust in Lucasfilm and Disney as companies and their, my belief in most of their artistic and creative freedom, I think I'll be okay with whatever they do as long as it's semi-reasonable. But my gut reaction is just to find a way to write her out. But, you know, art doesn't thrive on taking no risks. Well, is it, you know, like, going with the whole story, though, like, we're writing Carrie Fisher out then. We're not, if you think of it that way versus writing Princess Leia out. You know what I mean? Like, we have so many different mediums out there for telling a story, whether it's a comic book, whether it's an animated series, or whether it's live action film. Um, I, I like the idea, like you said, Paul, like, as long as, you know, her friends and family are like cool with her namesake going and, but again, this is, that's the actor, you know, that's what we're looking at and that's behind the doors and that's, you know, them signing contracts so that Carrie Fisher's um, legacy receives the money for her image and that's branding. But again, that's what, that's like Carrie Fisher. Um, but if there's a way to keep Princess Leia, because Leia hasn't died yet. And, and I don't think we should kill off Princess Leia off to a planet just because the actor no longer exists. Um, I think I would struggle with that, like changing the storyline, because just think of how many, I guess, I guess this goes back to my idea of like, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of recasting, but at the same time, like for decades, we've had different storylines. We've had different Supermans. We've had different Batmans. We've had different James Bonds. Um, you know, we kind of, the audience to suspend disbelief and still follow the character um, and not follow the actor. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I'm following you. Um, at this point, how hard is it to separate Carrie Fisher from Princess Leia? I mean, I think to me, they're so. They're, Princess yeah. Leia is so iconic. It is hard for me. It's unfair of me, but it's hard for me to separate them. Okay, guys, we got another caller. This one is from Utah. Should we risk it? It's probably one of your friends, Andrea. I bet it's someone I know. I bet it's safe. Oh, God. <laughs> They're not, let, let's see what happens here, okay? Hopefully your friends don't call up and just curse at us again. Oh, please yeah. don't. If you're from Utah, be, be Utahan tonight. <laughs> be nice, please. I won't curse, but I won't curse, but I don't know if I'm a safe choice either. Andrea oh, Dillon. <laughs> Hello? I hear you, Dylan? Andrea. It's your fr- Dylan? Yeah. Hey, Dylan. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> What's up? So not much. Just listening to your guys' conversation, and I just, I just had a thought that um, in in the past movies we've had uh, Obi Wan uh, disappear for a long period of time, and then Luke Skywalker, you know, he shows up at the end of episode seven and he disappeared for a long time. So they could, I think they could essentially do that with her, you know, because it's not totally outside of the story, you know, of people mm-hmm. just disappearing for you long mean, periods of time. And that might like go on a hermitage kind of thing. Yeah. Or just step out. Yeah. And that's one of the, that's one of the ones I was thinking about. Maybe she should just like, go off somewhere else for a while and maybe they could have her interact as a hologram. I don't know if you heard that idea, Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of that? 
yeah, it, it depends on the footage and how it fits in the, you know, fits in the story and, you know, depending on the quality of the hologram, they could, you know, they could do, they could do pretty much anything, you know, with the hologram. So I have a question though, like hologram versus CGI, just because, like, is there really something different? Because we're basically still CGIing Carrie Fisher. We're just adding fuzzy lines and bright lights to make it appear as a hologram. Um, how is that potentially different than actually having the character technically in the same time and space as the other characters? Because well, it's in uh, time-wise, yeah. Well, in Rogue One, you know, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, you know, I could, I, I could tell, you know, that, it, well, of course I, you could tell that it was CGI, but it, it took me out of it. With the hologram, they could, you know, put layers of, you know, distortion, and it would be, you know, you know, a little less obvious, I guess, is what I'm trying to Which say. Which is funny, because I think that didn't bother me as much as Darth Vader's stupid pun that he made about choking to death. That took me out of the movie, and I was like, what the, are you kidding me? Darth Vader is not punny. He doesn't make puns, and if he does even talk cleverly, it's very intense and scary as shit. And what he said and what they had him say, actually, I felt was so anti-character that that was the one moment in Rogue One where I was like, what the heck is this? Um, So I will have to say the CGI did not near as bother me as that one line did. I, I have to say, yeah, that that one line is the only complaint I came away from the movie with. Thank you. I totally yeah. agree. <laughs> I just killed me. I was like, yeah. you have got to be kidding me. He has never. And people, like, I've had this discussion with other people, and they're like, oh, well, you know, he was younger then. And I was like, no, Anakin was never funny nor clever. Like, even in his, like, teenage young 20 years, he was an emo. He was depressed and sad and emotional. Like, he was not clever and punny at all. It killed me. <laughs> yeah, but he could, he could wax poetic about sand for 10 minutes at a time, though. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, was so bad. I, I remember I even said something about it. Um, uh, Paul, to our mutual friend Steve, uh, he and his wife were over that weekend, and I said something about he does quip a really funny line, and Steve just goes, they got to ruin every every movie now with a with a one liner from every character trying to sell a t shirt. But that's the crazy thing because like that's like the line that I'd be like, okay, this is cheesy. Whereas like if it was Han- like the line that I loved was Cassius and he said, um, "Was it make ten men feel like a hundred? Like that's the line you're gonna walk away from Rogue One with, not what Darth Vader said. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Careful not to choke on your aspirations. That was it. There you go. That was the line. It was so good. It's better than the the original line was supposed to be. What's the matter, Sith? Got your tongue? I think is what the original line was. Oh gosh, I hope not. Please don't say that. Please tell me that was like a joke when the writers were like drunk and high. Oh God. Uh, Hollywood See, people. So <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Now I'd kind of buy that on a T-shirt. What's the matter? Yeah. Sith got your tongue? We'll oh, make one. Stuff. Yeah, I think we should. Parody, parody rules cover that, I'm pretty sure. Dylan, did you have, a, did you have another comment or question? Um, uh, Darth Vader-wise, this is probably my least favorite Darth Vader appearance. Because um, in episode four, you know, it was, you know, they were still trying to figure out the Darth Vader suit, so the actor was walking around kind of stiff. Mm-hmm. And in this, he was, you know, kind of jumping around everywhere. So that, I know I, I, I've only seen it once, so I'm probably, you know, still nitpicking things. I need to probably see it more so I can enjoy it more. But yeah, just the physicality, just kind of. No, Dylan, coming from like an actor's point of view, that was something I noticed as well as like. It's funny because you don't see any face and you literally see just the body motioning and gesturing. And I have to 100% agree with you. I had this discussion with my husband and um, some fellow geek friends. And I was like, he just physically 
didn't feel like Darth Vader. Like he, until like the last moment of the film, but the rest of the film, just the way he gestured, it was, um, I just felt like it was an actor in a suit trying to create an emotion versus like you said, Dylan, maybe it was the fact that, you know, they were figuring out the Darth Vader suit, but that actually worked and benefited the story versus, this guy, you know, being in the suit in Rogue One and being so incredibly mobile, and it just it felt too flamboyant, or not flamboyant, it's not the word, but too fluid for Darth Vader. Um, I, I am going to rebut this real quickly. Um, <laughs> only... <laughs> I'm glad you okay, are. So, I was about to... <laughs> well, and Paul, Paul, I'll, I'll give um, I'll give additional counsel a, a chance to readdress as well okay. when I'm done because. Paul may actually try to slap somebody after that. I'm going to give him time <laughs> no, to cool no, down no. now. Um, I'm not bad. So, okay, so this Darth Vader in this particular movie, in that final scene, and I'm just going to say now that I'm going to spoil it, where he slaughters a whole bunch of motherfuckers real quickly, is my favorite Darth Vader. This is the yes. pants running terrifying. Scene. Yes, a pants runingly terrifying Darth Vader. Now, is he a much more fluid Darth Vader than we see as portrayed in The New Hope? Yes. But let, yeah. me, let me just – I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this real quick, though. This is Darth <laughs> Vader fresh out of the back to tank and on to, you know, going on to the rebel flagship or the rebel, rebel capital ship and killing those people. Everything we see in A New Hope after that is after he has been away from his uh, healing chamber – and after he's already put on some road miles. So he would be slowing down and more plotting and moving slower after some time. Keep in mind, we're talking about a burn victim with robot arms and legs. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows what to I, say. I, I, am I, I, am I trying I too hard? I do. I think it's just bad acting. <laughs> but that's I agree. a judgmental actor, so I'll zip my mouth. Now, see, that's I don't know who played him in this, and I am only now beginning to learn anything about acting at all. Um, and only through reading things on, you know, Wikipedia and little books about it. I haven't, like, actually tried it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it. I do. I YouTube acting, too. <laughs> yeah. Yet it works out better for you than it does for me. I tried to I tried to read for a voice demo reel the other day, and I, I sounded like I was reading out of a phone book. Mm. It didn't, didn't go so yes, well. Yes, you have yeah. the wrong YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had the, I had the I had the phone book reading channel on YouTube. There that you was, go. Well, yeah. There you go. And so that might have been the problem. That might have yeah. been. Um, but you know it's so see. funny that we even are talking about this because like I did notice that and I think I noticed it personally because of my acting background but it's interesting because good jumping back to what we were talking about Carrie Fisher like if we were if she was if Princess Leia was to be recast or CGI'd or whatever it's interesting that a man dressed up in a suit where you see nothing but how he moves and gestures and how we notice that like so right away it it does say something to how invested we are into these characters and when another actor takes a role or another uh, actor is trying to play a character how much we are affected and can still see the difference because I mean, they were even talking about what I'm brain farting. The, the, uh, the original Chewy uh, oh, Peter was um, yeah. right. And so when they filmed um, last year's star Wars and he couldn't be in several of it because of his knees and his legs and stuff, but they were talking uh-huh. about the puppetry and how it was. Um, I think if you <laughs> crazy enough, um, being a stupid actor, but I think you can tell, regardless of how much an actor tries to recreate a character, they're still never going to be the original actor who created that character from their inner, like, soulness. I know this is a little cerebral for this podcast, but, like, it, it's it, – that's why I think maybe, like, I, I'm so against the idea of recasting because I think it, it's more obvious because then you're seeing the actor versus the character 
And I think maybe that's why I lean towards the CGI or writing them out in a a well-written storyline. Yeah, I could see that. And and definitely, I think anytime an actor takes a role, they're going to try to put their own spin on it. So it could... It could be scene breaking to see somebody else in a role that is so connected to a particular actor, too. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so true yeah. because it's like one of those things. Like I would rather audition, play a film or a TV show where I'm creating a new character, versus like the idea of coming out and auditioning for Wizard of Oz. Because regardless of how well you do, um, Dorothy, people are going to still see Judy Garland, and, and mm. they're still going to compare you regardless. Um, so I think it is really hard for an actor to come in and recreate um, something that has been created. Okay. Hey, Dylan, did you want to stick around for a bit, or you want to go? Because I'll leave yeah. you on if you, got, if, you, if you want to chime in. No, so. I'll, I'll stick around. Cool. I, I'm used uh, to podcasting with Andrea, so I'll stick around. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're, Andrea, is this one of your actor buddies, or who do we got here? No, Dylan is. We do a podcast together in Utah called Your Creativity, and we actually yeah. interview creative types. So it could be anything from writers to chefs to coffee shop owners to um, celebrities or anything like that. Just kind of really digging in into their celebrity or not their celebrity, their creative world. Um, yeah, so um, I do that with him and our other – we have one other co-host who joins us, Steve Hatch. Somehow that one made it past me. I didn't even know you were doing that. Yeah, you know me. She's a busy I'm, girl. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. living life, as they would say. But I, I discovered you. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Dylan, say, just, uh, he's one of our fellow geek, geek friends. Oh, excellent. Yep. Well, Andrea, we're we're going to go back to Princess Leia, and Andrea just passed me Yay. this note from okay. a friend. Uh, Matt Mascaro? Mascaro? Mascaro, yep. Mm-hmm. Mascaro, okay, and he has a question. With Carrie's death, do you think we'll see a resurgence of strong female sci-fi characters like Ripley, Sarah Connor, etc.? Um, Paul, let me kick that to you since you've been quiet for a bit. Do you think Carrie Fisher's death may start a, or strike a reinterest in that kind of stronger female sci-fi lead character. I mean, I think we're already seeing it with the Star Wars, the last two Star Wars movies with Ray and Jen. I mean, they've been the focus of these two movies. Uh, Ray in particular, uh, I thought Jen was just because of the, the lack of her backstory and, you know, her being part of more of an ensemble than I thought Ray was. I mean, I consider them both two strong female characters that uh, didn't have relationships and they were just, you know, just like a guy actor would be. Uh, um, I think Star Wars is kind of the way future, you know, and Ray's going to do it. She's going to be the, the lead in Episode 8 and Episode 9, so uh, I think so. I think we're kind of headed that way, and they're doing it in the best way to where they're not uh, – like, oh, look what we're doing. We're, you know, they're just making a natural story, and it makes sense, you know. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, I follow that. you on that. Uh, Dylan, how about you? What do you think? Uh, like you said, I, it's already happening. Um, even outside of Star Wars, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, with um, Gamora oh, and and her uh, the, her sister in that. Um, the name of the character escaping me. And then um, uh, Yuhora in the in the reboot, her character in that you know, was you know on the original series, you know, taking more risks and more emotional because of her connection with Spock, and you know uh, Captain Marvel, you know coming up soon. Yeah, very true. Wonder Woman's getting her own movie. Yeah. So Andrea, what do you think? Um, I, I agree with, like, all of you guys. I think we're already kind of seeing that, um, which is awesome. Um, my whole thing, and this goes, again, against my woman card. And, again, I think it's because I'm a writer and a storyteller. I just I don't want it to be we're doing a female character because we need more female characters. And I've had this discussion with, like, people when it comes to storytelling, whether it's gender or race or age or anything like that. Um, 
I think it's still, I think they, I mean, you know, they've done a great job of um, giving them good stories and it doesn't feel like it is a female character for the sake of uh, appeasing a quota. Um, But I just have this feeling like when we have this discussion, um, I I just don't want female characters to come out because they're trying to meet in a quota or um, they're trying to make a certain person happy or anything like that. It needs to have good depth and good storyline, which we're doing a pretty good job of, I think, out there in the film world. But it's the same thing as like, you know, we talk about this as like female directors or female writers or something like that. Um, I personally, and I feel very strongly about this, I don't want to be hired because I'm female. I want to be hired because of whatever I'm doing is kick-ass. Um, and I would rather go into, you know, kind of have go into a blind interview where, you know, because I talked about this with the web series, because there aren't many female um, directors out there or female producers, uh, you know, owning their own web series or whatever. And, you know, they did a new story on us and they were like, you know, like, don't you want to be hired? You know, so there's more female directors. And I was like, no, I want to be hired because I'm good at what I do. I want to be hired because they see my product as something better than some other person, not because it's better than another, a man. You know what I mean? So I, I, I kind of teeter on this line that like, yes, let's add more female characters. Let's bring them up. You know, like, let's, you know, let's, let's kind of close that gender gap or as you want to call it or whatever. But at the same time, I, um, I just don't want us to be creating it for the sake of meeting a quota. I guess, I guess that's my thing. Um, let's, let's tell a good story because this character has a good story um, and they just happen to be female. And I think that's, that's when we're going to get away from, I think having these um, prejudices against gender or race or age or whatever is as soon as we can assume, make it normal. And, and, and mm-hmm. if it's normal to just have another character versus we're having a female character and then it's, and then it's still an issue. And I guess that's, and I'm off my soapbox. So that's my thought. <laughs> no, I mean, I can, I can, I think I can identify or understand either side of that. Um, one thing I would like to point out, and it's only because uh, Jules, my wife pointed out to me, only four actresses had speaking roles in Rogue One. There were a few of those characters that could have been played by a female just as easily as a man that would have had more, more lines. I mean, yeah, the star was a female. Um, so I think it's kind of like every time we make a, a, a move towards equality in something, it seems like we suddenly have a, a sharp turn back. We had a lot of leaving actresses in the late 70s, early 80s in sci-fi roles, and that kind of fell away. And now we're kind of back you know, in the early 2000s. We kind of had a resurgence with the Resident Evils, this, that, and the other. And then that kind of fell back. And it looks like we're headed back in that way. Um, so, Andrea, like you're saying, I kind of ride the fence. I kind of, I kind of see it both ways, but I kind of think until we have more parity between sexes or race or whatever, you have to push people to have more female directors, writers, plumbing salesmen, whatever, you know. Right, and I, I totally see that. And I guess uh, I don't think writers, the writers out there are like, oh, we are going to write a male role. And I get like some of those roles could have been female. Like I do see that. I guess my thing is, is like with the web series that I wrote, it's an ensemble cast, but it's a majority of male characters. And at no point in my head did I ever think about what gender each character was. I just started writing these stories, and these these characters started coming in my head. And um, now I've got, you know, my character Audra is the main female role, and then she's, like, basically supported by four strong male characters. And at no point did I do that. Just in my head when I was writing, I was like, okay, she's got her opposite, Xander got the quirky next door neighbor and when I was thinking what he's going to be like it became a male character and then I was like oh but you know Xander works at a video game store and I want to have this like obnoxious store manager and we actually played around with the fact um, of making the a store owner the Jay's character male or female and and you know one of the producers was like let's try it as female like and we kind of wanted it as this M- Melissa Carthy sort of um, bumbly character um, and we tried it, and we even had females audition for the role. Um, but it was just in my head when I started telling this story, the Jay's character was always male. And so I guess that's my thing is that 
it wasn't even approached to me till after the effect. I didn't even notice uh-huh. there was male, a, a larger male casting in my lead, my main characters. Um, so I guess that's where I come from is like, you know, it wasn't on purpose. It was just like, those were the caricatures that came up when telling the story. Yeah, I, I got you on that. Hey, guys, we are down to about four minutes left or about five minutes left. I, one of the things I wanted to touch on, because mostly we were talking about Princess Leia tonight, but I did want to touch <laughs> on uh, C- Carrie Fisher. And, um, you know, while we didn't see her on screen for several years there, she actually became a script fixer and, like, a mm-hmm. pretty highly paid mm-hmm. one. And I, I grabbed a quick list, um, actually, today when I should have been uh, – talking to a customer on the phone. I spent a few minutes Googling the movies that she worked on. Um, but here's just a quick list. It's hardly exhaustive, but she worked on Hook, Lethal Weapon 3, Sister Act, Made in America, The Last Action Hero, So I Married an Axe Murder, The River Wild, Outbreak, The Mirror Has Two Faces, The Wedding Singer, The Out of Towners, Phantom Menace, Coyote Ugly, Scream 3, Kate and Leopold, Attack of the Clones, and Intolerable Cruelty were the ones I could come up with real quickly. Yeah, and she's as a kick-ass a, writer. Yeah and, yeah, and she wrote several novels. Um, also, yeah. as as a script doctor, you get a high paycheck, but you don't get any credit. Credit, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's pretty amazing that she could – I mean, and like I said, that's not even scratching the surface. That doesn't talk about the novels no. she's written or the memoirs she's written or the other things I did get onto that list or the things that she was credited with. Um Carrie Fisher was kind of an amazing woman, especially when you put that in context of she had a pretty pretty difficult road for there for a while there. So what um if we could just kind of get you guys to summarize your thoughts on on Carrie Fisher the person real quick. Uh Andrea, let's start with you. I'll just do a quick. I didn't know a lot of that stuff until I again listened to this most recent uh NPR uh podcast with Terry Gross and they played actually three recent interviews that they did with her. In fact, one interview was like back in November. It was so recent, which is crazy. Um yeah, it it's funny that like we unless we hear about it, we don't notice or think that someone's doing such amazing things and then like after the fact here we find out you know, all these things that she was involved in. And we just simply were kind of forgot about her because we didn't see her, hear about her. And um, it was, I wish I had known about all that because I think like even more than Star Wars, Carrie Fisher as a person, as an actor, not as Leia, but as a, a person, I would have been so much more impressed with, especially coming from my writing background. So it's, I wish that that type of information actually did come out. I wish it didn't have to be, her face as Leia, but as Carrie Fisher, as a script doctor, as a writer, and, you know, as that kind of thing. I think that would have been so amazing to know sooner. Absolutely. Paul, how about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, just saying Carrie Fisher is amazing is the understatement of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I've always, I would have, I always thought she was kind of crazy, because I've always watched a lot of her interviews, because she's probably the most entertaining a person to be interviewed ever, like her wit and her back and forth with whoever's interviewing has just been awesome. I saw her live at Star Wars Anaheim, and it was the best panel I've ever been to. She was so funny, and she just, like, was interacting with the audience. I mean, she made a bestiality joke with Gary, and then she pulled up a fan from the the crowd and, you know, straight up open mouth kissed this guy, right on stage in front of everybody and just she's just she does not care she does whatever she wants she says whatever's you know on top of her head and i just could not respect her more i mean just her as a writer i think for her as as much as as many movies as she was in you know and she was great in harry met sally you know i loved her role in that and uh, how many she was a great actress the writing is like her as a writer to me is is an extremely underappreciated thing that Carrie Fisher did. So, Absolutely. Um, hey, Dylan, I'm going to throw it to Dylan real quick. we got 30 seconds. Okay. Um, this past weekend I watched uh, Wishful Drinking on HBO, and that just gave me a lot of insights on her because it's basically an autobiographical one-woman show she put on, and it just yep. went through her upbringing and everything. So I recommend that, checking that out. Great show. To, 
Fantastic. All right, guys. Well, we are out of time. We are on the Astro Panda Network now. You can catch me tomorrow on Return to Camp Blood as a co-host. See you all later. All right. And I think we are off, but I'm going to hit the music just in case. Hey, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Fun time. Yeah, it's a good time. Besides, the guy calling up a curse on the show, but you can't fix everything. Oh, oh. <laughs> Andrea, dirty mouth. Oh, good times, good times. All right. Well, hey, um, I'm sure I will talk to everybody except Dylan because I don't know you, but uh, Andrea and Paul, I'm sure I'll catch up with you guys later. Cool, no doubt. Sounds good. Thanks, Jerry. Right. Have nice a great night and uh, drink one for Carrie tonight. Will do. We'll talk to you all later. Take care, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.